What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And on today's podcast, we welcome back a very special guest, Harvard women's hockey player, Kristen Della Rovere. But before we get to her interview, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at College Hockey Talk. Also, follow our Spotify page and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I really appreciate it if you did those things. It really means a lot to me, and I really appreciate it. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. I really appreciate that as well. Now, like I said, our guest today is Kristen Del Rovere. We have her back on the podcast, one of my favorite um, hockey players in college. And this is a little bit of a different interview than most of the ones I've done on this podcast. We obviously talk about what she's been up to since the Ivy League canceled their season a few months ago. But we also have some fun in the non-hockey segment. And this is just a little more of a laid-back interview. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it a lot. So without further ado, here is the interview with Kristen. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I am joined by Kristen Del Rovere from the Harvard women's hockey team. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Kristen, and how's everything going? Well, thank you so much for having me, and now everything's great. How about you? I'm doing all right. You know, it's been a pretty crazy week for myself, but I'm just hanging in there before school starts next week. That's good. Are you excited for classes? or? Not really. It's, I've been enjoying the winter break, but, you know, I think it's going to be good to get back. Yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, there's been a lot that's happened since we last talked. Uh, one of those things was the Ivy League announced that the season was canceled. Uh, where were you when you found out that news, and what was your reaction to that? Yeah, um, so we ended up getting on a Zoom call for the Harvard Winter Athletes, and we kind of found out that our season had been canceled, and um, it was very unfortunate, but it didn't really come as a surprise. We had a lot of information come out in the summer and it kind of seemed unlikely that we would have had a season so it was very unfortunate but I kind of had the expectation that we wouldn't have been playing and I know that I can speak for myself and my teammates that in some ways we are kind of like lucky to be home and be safe I know a lot of teams have struggled with getting the, the coronavirus and like healing from that so um, yeah, we're kind of fortunate in the way that we get to be home and stay safe. But yeah, it was very unfortunate knowing that we wouldn't get our season. Now, were you at Harvard, like preparing for the potential of last season happening? Or were you just at home in Canada? Yeah, I was at home. We, in the summer, we found out we're not allowed on campus. And um, I personally, along with most of my teammates, decided to take the year off and unenroll from the school to, to keep um, a year of eligibility to play at Harvard. So I had been at home and I was planning to be at home for the fall, like the first semester. Yeah. Yeah. And because uh, I, I was curious about that, because I know Dartmouth and Cornell specifically, they, those players were back on campus preparing for a season to happen. Do you think, mm -hmm. uh, how are you going about preparing for next season, knowing that there's all, you have almost a year and a half to prepare for it? Yeah, it's been a lot of time. So um, as of right now, we're in another lockdown, so rinks are closed. Um, so we haven't been on the ice for a while, but before rinks closed, I'd been able to just get out and skate a few times a week with a few other college girls at our home um, and a few of my friends who play pro on the men's side. And I mean, we still have pond hockey now. It's pretty cold up here, so just kind of keep skating. And then 
on the off ice side, the things, um, yeah, I mean, everything is closed. Like gyms are closed, but there's exception for high performance athletes. So I'm still in the gym, uh, several times a week. And then kind of been going through a program there and just been using the time to really kind of focus on certain weaknesses and especially injury prevention. So a few things that I've been struggling with in the past, um, just working on like healing those injuries. Cause there's a lot of time now that normally, you know, we don't really get hockey is kind of a full year type sport. So it's kind of nice to take the extra time and, um, focus on just, yeah, healing. And uh, what does your training look like and what challenges have you faced doing so with that less ice time, obviously, like you mentioned, and gyms being closed, how have you tried to overcome some of those challenges training for next season? Yeah. Um, so I started with a new trainer this year, um, just because unfortunately my normal trainer had not been able to reopen his practice and it's been a little different. We ended up going from, there's still like a few of us working out together, but we ended up going from five days a week down to three days a week, just because it was too much of an overload when you're training for, like you mentioned a year before our next season. So we've been, um, a lot of, I mean, typical stuff, all the weights and everything. And then it's all personalized program. So you work on what you're not the strongest at and it's, it's not bad. There's a lot of time to, you know, focus on the mental side of things and also just take a break. And, um, before everything's been in lockdown, I've been getting into boxing a lot more and just exercising in different ways. So it's kind of made it fun as well, just keeping fit and getting in shape and not always have to be like hockey focused. Yeah. What does your on ice training look like so far? I know you said you had to stop uh, because the rinks were shut down, but during that process, what were you doing to work? What were you trying to work on? Yeah, a lot of um, skill training um, stuff, mainly group sessions, a little bit of of private sessions. But personally, a lot of stuff we've been doing, just a lot of skating focus, a lot of edge work. Um, I think that, like, as a hockey player, skating is one of the hardest things to fix and change. It might take the longest time. So that's the other thing with all this time now, you get to focus on breaking things down an extra step. So I've been working a lot on the like skating side of things and the change of direction and yeah, just little, I don't know, nicks and tricks for next season. Yeah. What is something you think you need to improve on the most to your game and how have you tried to improve that area of your game so far this off season? Yeah. I think one thing that I want to bring into next season a lot is just having more confidence and taking over control more. So I've just kind of been working on, getting more confidence and just being more confident in my shot instead of looking for the pass always, but skill wise, just, yeah, skating. I think that, you know, speed kills and a lot of change of direction stuff, a lot of edge work. I think that if you can get someone to bike going one way and get around the other way, like it's really useful. So I'm just putting a lot of effort into that, I think. Yeah. And um, I know you mentioned that you unenrolled from the school. So have you been doing any like online schooling or is it more just training and doing other things? Yeah. So I hadn't been uh, doing online school last semester, but because I'm a pre-med student, uh, me and one of my teammates are actually taking classes next semester through uh, the Harvard Extension School, which is an online school. And um, it's just, it's hard to take classes and not ruin your eligibility, but because it's, it's just an online course doesn't count towards our degree but instead just for the pre-med requirements so we'll be taking two courses next semester 
uh, which is kind of nice to keep busy, but up to now, no, nothing. Is that going to be weird for yourself doing online school? Because I know for me, it's been an adjustment, you know, doing everything online, not going to campus. Do you think that would be an adjustment for yourself or do you, are you actually going to enjoy it in some way? Because I know some of my friends love online school because they just have, they can just get up from bed and go right to class. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think it's going to be tough. I doing it last spring, once we got sent home for the remainder of the semester was not my favorite thing. And uh, I'm just kind of, curious to see what happens with labs since obviously those aren't going to be in a lab or hands-on and see how that transitions but I'd prefer to be in school and be in a normal lecture hall so not the excited for online school but it's okay yeah no for myself it's been t- I like the I like the face-to-face interaction with the professor I feel like I get more out of that but there's also part of me that does enjoy online school and for labs, I had to do it all online with like no professor. It was just like uh, through a website and that sucked because the website was awful. Like nothing worked yeah. and I didn't I learn imagine. anything. Yeah, I can imagine. That's tough. So what have you been doing uh, recently besides hockey? Anything interesting? Uh, yeah, I had been working uh, this summer. I was working a lot more, but right now like we're in full lockdown and it's only essential businesses. So as for now, I've been working in my mom's dental office and just been, you know, putting hours in there, helping out where I can and staying busy that way. Um, and other than that, like, like I mentioned, just, you know, getting outside a bit and doing, staying active other ways than hockey, you know, if it's boxing, it would be, you know, snowboarding if hills weren't closed at the moment, but just, yeah, staying active in other ways. What's boxing like? Because that seems fun, but it also seems very dangerous. Um, have you worked on, like, what's your kind of go-to stride? Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's so much fun, and it's so hard. And I think going into it, I knew, like, it was hard, but um, actually taking the time now to get really into it and learn a lot. Like, it's a lot more difficult than I thought and requires a lot more skill and, like, precision than I thought. But I I love it. It's so much fun, and I – I don't box other people. I prefer not to get hit in the face oh, or yeah. anything, but you know, my trainer's great and it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's so tiring. I could imagine. Yeah. Do you watch any like boxers and do you try to emulate some of their, I guess, punches or moves in any way? Yeah. I, I do enjoy watching some fighting, but I can't say that I, you know, take moves from them. I'm not very good. It's very basic, but it's, it's it's different when you're doing when you're learning now versus watching there's a lot more self-defense and when you're fighting someone else and when you're just you know in a ring doing you know pads or something so yeah I think I want to get more into the self-defense side of things too but yeah not nowhere near as good enough to take anything they do and put it into what I know but I, I still find it fun yeah, I don't watch too much boxing. The only guy I really know is Floyd Mayweather just because he's like 50-0 and 0 and he's always boxing yeah. every internet star. I'm not going to name who it is, but people know who I'm talking about. So that's the only guy I really yeah. know. And I think he's apparently he's the best defensive boxer of all time, but I don't really watch him too much. Yeah, no, he's he's obviously, you know, 50 no, he's sick. But yeah, boxing's an interesting sport now. It's definitely taking a turn with all the fights that are happening recently, so... Now, transitioning back to hockey, one thing I didn't ask you last podcast is what's it like playing under Katie Stone and what have you learned about the game under her? Because she's been coaching for like 30 years, I think. Yeah, I mean, Coach Stone is an incredible coach and I've been very fortunate throughout my whole career to have great coaches, but I mean, she's definitely the top coach and I think it's 
it's a very different coaching style. It's, you know, she comes with a lot of knowledge from the past. She's been at Harvard for, this would have been her 26th season. So it's, it's a lot. I don't know. She's an amazing coach. I've learned so much from her. And I think what stands out the most to me, and I kind of realized it when going through the recruiting process is just her value for character and that hockey is, you know, temporary and your character will take you so much farther. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's a big thing to her and our team culture. And I think that, I don't know, I've learned so much from her, but it's, it's interesting. We, we talked to the alums who graduated 10, 20 years ago and you learn, you kind of see how her coaching style has changed as well as long as the game changes. But yeah, she's incredible. Did she ever tell you stories about some of the Harvard women's hockey legends like Julie Chu and Jillian Dempsey and Catherine McHugh about like what they're, what they brought into the program and how you guys should take what they've done and emulate to Harvard, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she, she, we, yeah, she has a lot of great stories. We hear a lot, but uh, we're also very fortunate that, you know, our Harvard hockey culture is very close and we are pretty close to our alumni and they come back every year and we get to, hang out with them and we learn stories from them one-on-one so it's 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 awesome like a lot of stories too is not necessarily even about on the ice games and everything they're they come from you know teammates and other activities so it's yeah it's crazy when you learn about their story from players who played years ago but yeah Harvard's had some incredible players Definitely now. What's the communication like between the players and Coach Stone during this unusual year where you guys aren't playing any games? Yeah, so there's not much that, you know, we can really do at this moment. We're all at home, living at home, and a few of us are doing online school. But it's a lot of just check-ins, you know, catch-up. Um, our Like all of our coaching staff are awesome, so even texting our coaches and asking for aid throughout – you know, training and, but yeah, I, I think it's mostly just our team ourselves that are coaches that get together a lot more frequently than not. Yeah. And what type of leadership do you want to bring to the team next season? And are you more of a vocal or lead by example type of player since you will be a senior next year, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. So I actually I'm going back into my junior year because I took this year off, oh, okay, um, but I do, I think in, there's a lot of importance in coming into leadership and I, do kind of own a, I don't know, I kind of own some pride in my leadership. So going, I just want to own a role and just take, bring confidence and take more jump and just be more of that um, go-to player and just more trust in myself in those moments. But I also want to take, you know, we have a lot of freshmen who even next year and this year that unfortunately we don't have the opportunity to be with our freshmen this year. So we're going to have two new classes next year and kind of just take them um, under my arm and help them as much as I can and, you know, show them what Harvard hockey is all about. Was there anything you learned from past leaders that will help for your leadership skills in the next uh, two years you have with the program? Yeah, I think that throughout my years at Harvard, we've had great leadership and it's not just, it doesn't just come from captains. It's comes from the whole senior class. So I was very fortunate my freshman year to have two incredible captains like Kate Hallett and Lexi Lang and both had very different styles of leadership, but both taught me like so much and helped me come into the player that I am today and person that I am today. So I think just kind of using little things that I learned from them and things that they taught me and just moving it on to the next generation, the next classes. 
Now, like you just mentioned, there will be two new recruiting classes coming into your team next year. How do you try to help their transition into college hockey when half the team is basically brand new to college hockey itself? Yeah, it's going to be different. Um, we're kind of excited to see what happens. There's a lot of it's out of our control at the moment, but we've been pretty good at having a lot of Zoom calls with them. A lot of the girls are already uh, played with some of the girls previously, so we kind of know some of the players, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think it's something that a lot of the teams are going to struggle with, even though because, you know, this season's not a normal season and a lot of teams aren't there, so it's going to be interesting, but I mean, we'll have a few months before the season to practice and get going. And we, we still have a lot of returning players, which we're all excited about too, to get, you know, an extra year together. So we'll see what happens. How do you think that lack of experience will affect your team for next season? Because looking at the two recruiting classes, there's obviously a lot of talent. A lot of those girls can score, but the experience is a very key part in college hockey. How do you try to bring some of that experience, not having that on your team as a whole? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be tough. I especially being online like living like you mentioned the experience is a big thing, especially when you're living away from home and with the team, but I mean I have no doubt that we'll be a good team next year and those girls are going to fit right in. I think that it can be intimidating coming to a new team especially and they might be hopefully a little less intimidated if there's more of them. And I just think that we're just going to have to do like an extra job to make them comfortable, but I think they'll be fine on ice. They're obviously coming because they're great players. And I think that as long as we as upperclassmen give them, you know, a, like trust and make sure that they're comfortable and ready to go, that we'll have no problem. We'll have lots of success. Yeah, I'm excited for your team for next year. You have a lot of good players coming in and you have good goaltending and you obviously have a lot of good leadership that I think will help those two classes succeed in the next uh, few years in college hockey. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're excited to get back on the ice. It's been a long time. Oh yeah, has been it's been like over, almost a year now, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, it's crazy. But a few more months. Yeah. Have you been watching any of the college hockey season this year? I haven't been watching too much. I've been following along. Um I've watched a little bit here and there, but it's the international streaming to Canada had been changed at the last season and it's kind of harder to stream games now but I mean I've been keeping in touch with a lot of friends and going to scores and I'm excited for NHL to get back up tonight so oh yeah happens. that's gonna be fun and now yeah. how do you how significant will the Ivy League school's absence have on college hockey more specifically the ECAC because I've been noticing this throughout the women's college hockey season because a lot of the top ranked programs are Ivy League schools so you see a lot of new programs in the rankings that you normally would have or wouldn't have seen how do you think the impact of Ivy League not being in college hockey has affected the season so far. Yeah, I think that, like you mentioned, there's some great Ivy teams and we're, you know, we make up a majority of the ECAC. So it's, it'll be different for teams. I think that it's kind of good in some ways they get to face some other teams that maybe they don't normally and get to learn more about them for upcoming seasons. But I think all the Ivies are, have great programs and great teams that I don't think we're they're gonna have an issue coming back next year I just think it's unfortunate that you know we're not there to compete along with some other schools but it's yeah I think every conference and every team is looking at things in different ways so I don't know 
Do you think it would, be, it would have been weird to play the same three teams throughout the whole regular season? Because that's what the ECAC is doing now, which I find it pretty odd. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it is really odd. And I think that it's, I mean, I've talked to some of my friends at, you know, Quinnipiac and some other schools and it's not, it doesn't feel necessarily as a season to them. It's a little different, but I mean, hockey's hockey, right? Like you're getting some games in, you're having fun and you're with your teammates. So it's definitely not normal, but um, at least they get to play and, you know, stay, stay with their team. Now, my question is, what will the Ivy League season look like next year? I know things hopefully will be somewhat normal as the vaccine gets rolled out throughout the U.S. and Canada, but will there be any changes to the Ivy League season? Uh, like, will there still be fans in the building or any adjustments like that? Yeah, we, we honestly don't know anything. We kind of hear things as long with everyone else, so I'm not too sure. I think that it really just depends, I think, that's going to be more of maybe a conference or NCAA wide because it's kind of for the ECAC, you can't have some schools having fans and, you know, maybe the Ivy's not, might be a little more difficult. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I think we just kind of want to get back on the ice. We're not too worried about fans, but hopefully for seniors and stuff, if for parents can come out and friends and they can get some fans for their senior year. Yeah, I hope fans will come back to college hockey as soon as possible and as safe as possible. I think I really miss going to games, and I think the players miss it as well because it brings that atmosphere to a whole nother level that you normally don't get without any fans. Yeah, for sure. It's it's Fans are special. I mean, you know you feel the energy shift in certain barns when you're there and when certain teams sell out. So it would I can't imagine you know the players now who have been playing without fans, but – it's a change and hopefully like you mentioned they can get back in as soon as possible now what are your goals and expectations for next season and um what are you just hoping uh, to improve on the most i guess i know we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier on yeah i think that coming into next season um i know i mentioned already but just having more confidence and just kind of being more of a leader for the team and i'm yeah i have a lot of personal goals that i want to achieve coming to next season but I think team-wise like I just I think we'll have a great team we have great players coming back and great ones coming in so hopefully you know we have some success and can succeed in the ECACs and even the NCAA and you know my goal as a team is to make it to the Frozen Four obviously and come home with the national championship so I think that I'm gonna do everything I can to help the team um, succeed there and I know that our my teammates will as well so we're, we're kind of just excited to get back out there and play. And we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast, and this is going to be a little bit different non-hockey, pod, non-hockey segment of the podcast because it's more tailored uh, towards your interest. So mm-hmm. we obviously know that you're a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Uh, what are your thoughts on the team going into this upcoming season? Yeah, I'm super excited. I think that having a Canadian division is really exciting. There's a lot of great teams, and um, I'm excited. I think – you know, Matthews, I think he's going to have a great season this year. He's exciting to watch. And, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm excited to see the guys go. Hopefully we can have more success than normal. And I'm, yeah, ready for the NHL to start back out. Yeah, I am too. The Bruins start tomorrow against the Devils. I'm 
not nervous about the Devils in particular, but we have a tough division with the Flyers and Capitals, so who knows what's going to happen with that. Now, speaking of the Maple Leafs, they obviously added Joe Thornton. Uh, what's your thoughts on that new addition to the team? I know he's a bit older, but he still has some legs left in him. Yeah, I, I think he's a good addition, honestly. Like, it's uh, Toronto was normally you know a younger team. They have been for the past few years, so it's never an issue having some some older players come back. And I know that a lot of the guys love him, and he should be playing out with Matthews. And so it'll be exciting to watch. I think he's still a good player regardless of his age. So, yeah, I think Toronto made a lot of good moves this year, um, picking up a lot of good players. Yeah, and I think the key for Toronto is Frederick Anderson. If he has a good season and keeps them, I guess – Let's, doesn't let in a lot of goals. I know that sounds like dumb to say, but if he does that, then I think Toronto could have a lot of success because I feel like Matthews and Marner are kind of streaky sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I think from Toronto, goaltending has been an issue for the past few years and um, not necessarily Anderson, but having, you know, two goalies, it's hard to play one goalie every single game. So they usually, you know, won't play him back to back and yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I do think Anderson is a good goaltender. I mean, everyone has off days, but hopefully, like you mentioned, he can stay on top of things. Yeah, Anderson had the best Halloween costume a few years ago. He dressed up as Ed Sheeran, and it was awesome. That's all. Gotta give him that. Yeah, no, for sure. He's got the ginger hair. So, speaking of the Canadian division, uh, when we talked about the Maple Leafs last time, we were speaking of the playoffs, and you said how disappointed you were in the team that they kept losing to Boston. But then, unfortunately, they lost to the Blue Jackets like the next week after that recording. So what's your thoughts on the playoffs this year with only four teams from that division getting in? Because the Canadian division is tough. They have the Vancouver, who I think is good. I think Ottawa could be good this year as well. And I think Winnipeg has a chance to be good as well. Yeah, no, I think the Canadian division is a good division. I mean, it's hard to say without seeing them play. And they do have a lot of new faces this year. So, I mean, we'll see what happens tonight. But I'm going to – like, I'm – going to say I have no issue. I have faith in them, and they do have some good players. So, yeah, I'm always cheering for them, and hopefully they can move on and make it through. But, yeah, it's exciting. The Canadian division is, I don't know, it's something that we've obviously never had, but should be good. So, we'll Yeah, it should, be, it should be fun to watch. Now, another question I want to ask you about, uh, I guess, the NHL is, obviously they announced that the Bruins and Flyers and the Avalanche and Golden Knights will be playing at Lake Tahoe. Uh, what outdoor stadium would you want to play in? Oh, I think, I don't know. When I think of state, like, I think that playing, like, pond hockey, like, that's on a lake, like, that's a dream come true regardless of, you know, the pond's never the best conditions, but I think that's awesome. Like, I don't know. When I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking somewhere in Alberta and Banff, they I know they have great, you know, you get the mountains all around or BC, but – yeah, I don't know. That's those are gonna be so cool. Like I could just, I think winter classics and outdoor games are one thing, but playing out in the lake like that's gonna be super interesting and super different. But I don't know. Especially at Banff, the setting would be awesome with the trees. And I've never been there before, but I always wanted to go because it's one of the apparently one of the most beautiful national parks across the North America. And I've always wanted to go see it because it looks amazing. And I like going on hikes and I feel like that setup, especially with NHL players playing in that lake would have been awesome. Oh, for sure. I agree. The scenery there is gorgeous. Yeah. I think that's where kind of be my go-to, but 
yeah, you definitely have to get out there one day, especially when COVID and everything dies down and travels back up. But yeah, it's gorgeous out there. Now, I would probably choose Fenway Park. I know this seems like a basic Bostonian answer, but it's just it's just America's oldest ballpark. It was so mm-hmm. cool when the Bruins played there like 10 years ago, and that's probably what I would choose. I've been there one time for a college Frozen Four, our Frozen outdoor game, and it was super cold, and I was kind of miserable because I forgot to bring gloves, so my hands were freezing up. But it was and but you know I had a good time. I thought the setting looks nice. So yeah, no, I know that the Harvard's women team was very fortunate to get an opportunity to play there uh, a few years ago. And I know the girls loved it. It's definitely different. Like you mentioned, they mentioned it was cold and if it's snowing, you get the ice in your face, but uh, yeah, that's, I think those games are always an experience. They're always super interesting. So it's not bad. I wouldn't be surprised if they do some outdoor games next season. That's just my opinion. I don't have any inside Intel, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Yeah. Now, another question we didn't ask you on the last podcast was, who has the best style on Harvard women's hockey? Like on or off ice? Uh, it doesn't matter. Let's do both. Oh, God. I'm trying to think on ice. Um, I got to go with Lindsay Reed, our goalie. I mean, she always has awesome pads and awesome, you know, designs, and her helmet is absolutely incredible. So it's not a player, but – last year like her her equipment was awesome it was gorgeous so we'll see what happens this next season and see if she gets anything new but I think she definitely has the best style Knopf Ice oh god there's so many players that have good style but I gotta go the first one that came to mind was Keely Moy so I'll give it to her she's yeah she's killing it I think you might have the best style on the team, in my opinion. Like, who's your? who do you model your fashion after, I guess? Oh, thank you. Oh, I don't know. I just kind of find what works for me, but that's awesome. Thanks. No problem. Now, another non-hockey question I have is, where is the worst smelling place you have been? <sighs> that's a good question. I don't want to expose my teammates, but... Any of those visiting locker rooms reach? I know at some, I'm not going to oh, name them, but there's some visiting locker rooms that do This might be bad. a little random, but we played at we played at BU, and it wasn't their, their locker room was fine, but we were warming up on the other side, and it was for the, I think it was for the bean pot, and the men's club team or something had a little storage unit, oh, and they, okay. they all started, like, coming, and they were airing their equipment out there, and they all started coming and taking it out and stuff, and, like, we were just warming up pregame and that had to be, that was horrendous. I know the whole team, like we, I made the eyes water. So that's definitely one of them. Oh yeah. Those equipment can smell pretty bad sometimes. And I think it might've been different because I don't know how they do the locker rooms there, but when there's four teams playing at the same spot, don't they like try to spread you guys out? Yeah. So the locker rooms, like we're in, the locker rooms were fine. They were, all right. We, I think we ended up being in like the lacrosse teams, um, locker room but I mean it worked out fine this was just some it's like a little I don't know what it was a little storage closet type thing on the side of the ring but yeah that was bad now what is the worst commercial you have seen and why commercial Ooh, I don't watch a lot of tv so I don't know I don't know if I have one right now but 
I kind of like the, I don't know, I don't have one that comes to mind, like a certain company, but I kind of like the random ones that have nothing to do with the actual product. Oh, I think yeah. the weirder they are, like it just catches your eye more. Yeah. Those insurance companies, they always have the best ads like Geico and State Farm. So I got to give it to yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know Marner's been doing some with, I'm pretty sure an insurance company up here. So those are also kind of cool seeing. Now, is there anything interesting you've read or seen this past week, I guess? Yeah, I mean, uh, one of my teammates, Ann Bloomer, sent me an article of Austin Matthews and his kind of off-season training. So I read that last night, actually, and that was uh, was a really interesting article. So it's on The Athlete. Yeah, no, Austin, in my opinion, has one of the best styles in the NHL. I love – it's definitely out there, but I love he. It works with him. It would definitely yeah. not work with me. And the stash is awesome. I hope he doesn't shaves it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think I'll be interested to read that. Now I know what is something you wished uh, more people knew about yourself besides being a good hockey player. Oh, well, thank you. First of all, um, one thing I wish people knew about me. Oh, I think a lot of people think I'm like really intimidating. Um, I look really big on the ice and I am like, you know, I'm five ten, I'm pretty tall, but I'm really not intimidating. I don't know if people actually think I'm intimidating. I could be making that up, but maybe that, maybe that like I'm actually really just, you know, chill and outgoing, but I don't know. Do you ever trash talk people on the ice or are you more just pretty laid back? No, I'm, I'm really laid back. I'm not, I don't really say much. I'm not really good at it. So. Do you know any teammates that are pretty good uh, talking the talk and walking the walk at the same time? I don't, I don't know. Our team's not really big at chirping other players or other teams. So I think it just comes down to the moment. We've had some funnier stories, but we don't really have anyone on our team that has, you know, big mouth or anything. Now going to many college hockey arenas, there's been a lot of hostile fans towards the visiting opponent. Uh, what's been the most hostile arena you've been to and what's the best, uh, I guess, trip you've heard from that crowd? I, th- I think that in the ECAC, I mean, Cornell and Clarkson have a band that comes out for us. So they always have interesting things to say. Um, I don't know. We don't hear much from the fans. It's hard to hear when you're playing. I think we played in Wisconsin a few years ago and they have, you know, sell out arena and it's obviously all Wisconsin Badgers fans. So that game was probably a lot being said, but I don't know. I don't hear much from on the ice. Speaking of your teammate, Ann Bloomer, she has a podcast, right? I came across it a few days ago and I wanted to give her a shout out because it was really good. Yeah. She does have a podcast with Sid Sorkin. So they're on Chicago and they do it together and it's an awesome podcast. So Yeah, I was listening to the episode when they had uh, Coach Stone on. It was really good. So shout out to them. <laughs> yeah, now, shout out. Now, last non-hockey question is you're from Toronto, but you also play school in Boston. So Tim Hortons or Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, uh, Tim Hortons any day. I disagree with you on that, but we won't get into it. Dunkin's is always <laughs> the best. Now, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the podcast since we last had you on? I think it's awesome. I think um, this is the first podcast I've seen that has a lot. It's college based. And I think, you know, you've had some great players out here and it's awesome to hear stories from other schools. I mean, we're 
all, like all everything I know is from Harvard. So you hear much about other athletes in other schools and you also see a lot of talent that um, comes from other, other schools, other players, and you kind of see their trajectory on things and their pathway. So I think it's awesome. I don't know um, of any other podcast at least that has this college hockey base. So it's, I think it's, it's great. I appreciate it. Is there any guests that we should have on in the future? We just had Dominic Petrie on from Harvard, but is there anyone else that you might know that may not play for Harvard as well that we should have on? I think that a good podcast, um, Harvard wise could be, um, I think Keely Moy, I think she's hilarious and, She's also from California, so it's a little different out there, and I think she would be awesome. And then non-Harvard, I got to say, like, Zoe Boyd from Quinnipiac. Um, I'm a little biased because she's my best friend, but she's an absolute character and an awesome person. So I don't know. I think I think she'd be good on the podcast. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, may ask them on in the future eventually. Now, what are, your, what's your, what are some things you took away from your interview when we last had you on? I wanted to apologize because I was very, very nervous. It was also very early in the morning. So from my end, I was pretty nervous, but you handled it pretty well. No, it was, it was awesome. It was great. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of early, which is also my bad. <laughs> but it's I think it's kind of cool to look back on because back then, like, didn't really have – know that we'd be at home not having a season so it's been a different there's been a change of things on this end but I think it's cool kind of get two different perspectives so yeah I know it was a good interview I thought I liked your dog made appearance in it as well so it was all good (laughs) yeah he actually ran in here today right now but I managed to not let him you know on the bed but well, is there anything you'd like to talk about uh, before we let you go? The floor is all yours. Any shout outs or just anything else you'd like to state, I guess? No, I don't know if I have anything else. Just go Leafs go. That's all I got. Awesome. Well, I'll end it off saying let's go Bruins. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on the podcast. I wish you all the best moving forward. You're one of my favorite players, and you know that. You're a great person. So take care and stay safe. And I can't wait to see you back on the ice soon. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be out here, and that's so sweet of you. Thank you. No problem. Have a great day. Bye. All the best. Bye. Just wanted to say thank you so much to Kristen for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it, and I wish her nothing but the best uh, moving forward. I know she's going to do great things. Uh, you can watch this entire interview on our YouTube channel at College Hockey Talk. I'll be posting more older interviews on that YouTube channel as well. Uh, once again, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.